What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I'm your host, Jacob Knight. Today, we got an action pack episode. Today, we talk about The Last of Us 2 being delayed, give you the latest news on Stranger Things Season 4, the Joker movie continues making history, and we've got a college football picture week 10. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time of the week again, y'all. High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I'm your host, Jacob Knight. Like always, your first time listening to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. And if you're returning, which I'm glad to have you back. we got a great episode lined up for you today, folks. Okay, I have a special announcement to make. I know I've been telling y'all this for the past two, three episodes, but now I'm officially ready to tell y'all what I've been working on. I just want to say that we here are high on Infinity. We have now entered... The merchandise game, yes. Uh, we have m- multiple designs for T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, uh, hoodies and sweatshirts. Like I said, multiple designs and multiple colors, all shapes and sizes from small to 3X. We got you covered. Uh, before I get into this, I want to thank my one of my good friends, George. Uh, he helped me uh, with the design. I, I put out the design. I sent it to him. He, he, you know, sized it, he sized this work and fit on a... T- you know, a t-shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, long sleeve shirt, clear so you can see the picture. So I want to give, a, give him a big shout out for helping me on this one. But yes, we're now in the merchandise game. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in, you know, just checking out the merchandise, and you see something you like, you may want to cop it. Uh, we are at teesprings.com slash stores slash high on infinity. And that's teesprings.com slash stores slash high on infinity. And just to break it down even more, I'm going to spell it out. That's teesprings, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G-S dot com, C-O-M slash stores, S-T-O-R-E-S slash high on infinity, H-I-G-H-O-N-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y. And we type in infinity. It's a hyphen in between each of those words, I'm going to put the link on uh, the, the bio for this episode. And then when it launches November 1st, I'm going to put a post on my social media. So if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram. It's so yeah, I'm Asian. I'm posting on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And what made me want to you know, do merchandise? I said I wanted to step over the podcast game. I'm in the process of getting a new microphone and a new laptop. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't, I don't know any podcasts that's that has merchandise or sells merchandise i personally don't know any off the top of my head but if you know if you do just let me know um but i thought it'd be pretty cool just to sell merchandise i had a few ideas in my head i just jotted them down then when i got the designs i just put them on t you know just t-shirts you know t-shirts hoodies sweatshirts long sleeve shirts is getting a little cold out there so you need you know that extra clothing you know extra layers when you go out but i thought it was a cool idea so i decided hey just to try it out you know uh, you know, the, the only bad ideas are the ones that aren't, you know, that aren't given. So once again, that's teesprings.com slash stores slash high on infinity. And also, since I'm a nice guy, we have a promo code available now to the end of the year. If you use high four H I G H four, that's $5 off the total of your, that's $5 off your total. If you buy a t-shirt or a long sleeve shirt, and if you use high four five, that's $10 off your total for the hoodies and when you click you know if you go there and if you want if you buy one of the shirts you'll click on it then it has a promo code in the item description as well but once again that's teesprings.com slash store slash high on infinity and merchandise will be available november 1st
Okay, so we may have to wait just a little bit longer for one of the most anticipated games over the past decade. Uh, yes, The Last of Us 2 has been delayed. I talked about, about a month ago, I talked about uh, the announcement for The Last of Us 2, you know, the highly anticipated sequel for the 2013 masterpiece. Uh, the original game was released February 20. The original release date was February 21st, 2020, but it has been pushed back to May 29th, 2020. A Naughty, a naughty Dog creator quoted, uh, we realize we simply don't have enough time to bring the entire game up to the level of polish we would call Naughty Dog quality. To be honest, yes, I was a little sad that the game was being pushed back a few months, but I understand as well, the developers didn't want to release a product that was up to their standards. Like, why we're going to spend our hard-earned money on a product that's not finished? And the developers don't want to put out a game they're not satisfied with. To me, it's like a chef. A chef is not going to put out a dish out for serving that they won't eat themselves. Because sometimes, you know, uh, when you put out something that's too early, you know, it could be... You know, it, it could end badly. Like, we had a video game that came out a couple weeks ago, uh, WWE 2K20, for example. The game was released during a scheduled October release date, but the game was being criticized for, for it being glitchy, and fans were upset, and they wanted refunds from the studio. Uh, yeah, from the studio. And, you know, like I always say, you know, I'd rather have a, a game, like a game, movie, TV show, push back for it to come out finished than then for it to be released early and, you know, it's not finished. Uh, for another reason why the studio decided to push it back was part to avoid competition of any sort. Because from what I read, the beginning of the year in 2020, there's a lot of video games that's about to be released. So if they push the release date back until May, the only release in May as of now is the Avengers video, video game said to release the beginning of that month. And like I said, I'd rather have a game to be pushed back uh, than released too early. To me, as long as the game is good and I have absolute faith in the world that the game is going to be good, there are probably no complaints from fans for the release date being pushed back. And the game was announced in December 2016, so we've been waiting about three years for this game to come out. So a few more, you know, just two, three, four more months is not going to hurt us. Okay, if you're new to the podcast, I want to let you know one thing. My regular listeners know this, but I'm going to say it again. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. I love talking about Stranger Things, whether that's recommending it to for someone to watch, you know, casually talking about it with friends, or even in-depth conversation about different interpretations, you know, that other people got from watching the show. And, you know, basically, if you want to get to know me, just bring up Stranger Things. We can have a conversation, you know, I don't mind talking about it, like I stated. Uh, but season three did premiere in July and became Netflix's biggest show. So about a month ago, Netflix announced the series will be renewed for a fourth season. And they accompanied that by a teaser episode. And after that teaser episode was released, questions started to arise. Like, when will filming start and when will the show come out? And rumors, I stated, I think about a month or two ago, stated that, Filming was rumored to begin in October, but according to Collider.com, who released this article uh, that I did my research on, the filming will start uh, January 2020, and it will go from January to August of 2020. And after, you know, when it get done, another, you know, the other question, when will season four come out? So by the eight-month production period, that's by the average length of when this show filmed, because Stranger Things 2 was from November 2016 to June 2017, and season three was from April 2018 to November 2018 in season film in season two um you know it was finished in it was finished in june and released in october of that year 
and in about four month period and season three was finished in November of 2018 released in July 2019 by the eighth month period and stranger things like the premiere the new season set of the season set in the season of where the show takes place because season one was set in like that fall slash winter and season three was summer that's why they had the, the eighth month waiting period because when production finished in November they wanted to release it in the summer because if you've seen season three uh, see, uh, it took place during the Fourth of July, and um, so about a, like a span of four to eight months is usually that's what I thought about the release time from when they finished filming. But doing the math, I say finished in August 2020. So my guess is Stranger Things will come out between December 2020. Yeah, between between December 2020 and April 2021, my two best guesses will probably be December 2020, December of 2020. Or April of 2021, you know, the beginning and the end of that four to eight month time span. And this is how I came up with my conclusion. At the end of season three, uh, we know when Will and his family moved, they were set three months after the events of the, what happened in the mall. Three months from July is October. And, what, and Mike was asking, could they come back and visit for the holidays? Holidays is usually December. Yeah, we put those at event, events in December. But why, why are you going to have that, that little time jump? You know, that little time jump between season three and four because in season one and two was about a year time jump and season two to three was about a seven, eighth month time jump. That's why I think it's going to come out in April 2020. Why April? Because April is set place in spring. The only season that the show hasn't been set in because, you know, like I said, season one and two was fall, winter. Season three was summer. So my assumption is we'll get Stranger Things season four as a Christmas gift or Easter gift. Also, the episode count has been revealed for the season four as well. Uh, season four will have eight episodes, the same amount of episodes in season one and in season three. And season two had nine episodes, including that side episode where Eleven went to go see, you know, one of her sisters from the lab. And that episode kind of divided fans. Fans either love it or they hate it. I personally don't mind it because in season two, they did show that group in the beginning of the show. And I hate when shows show something at the beginning and never go back to it. So I, I give them credit for going back to a storyline that they, you know, they... Uh, they revealed earlier in the season, but once again, season four will start filming in January and hopefully we'll get Stranger Things 4 by late 2020, early 2021. Okay, so this past week, the Joker movie made history by becoming the highest grossing R-rated film passing Deadpool 2 and crossing the $800 million mark at the box office. And it might be possibly the become the first R-rated movie to reach a billion dollars and is also the highest grossing non-Disney movie of 2019 and technically Joker is the seventh highest grossing movie of 2019 the other six being like I said being Disney movies Aladdin The Lion King Toy Story 4 Captain and Marvel Spider-Man Far From Home and Endgame so is this a big deal it sort of is because over the past few years there's been a rising popularity in R-rated films that becomes blockbuster films such as Logan the Deadpool series and the It series all broke records at the time of release for an R-rated film. And this is interesting because R-rated films are usually at a disadvantage because R-rated films contain mature content, such as strong, strong language, graphic violence, and nudity. And you have to be 17 to buy a ticket. And under, if you're underage, you have to either, you know, convince your parents to let you see the movie and they'll buy you a ticket. Or, you know, uh, teens up to their mischievous ways buys a ticket to another movie and sneaks into the R-rated movie. In that case... It affects the movie's performance at the box office. But now we live in a time where, you know, we're exposed to this stuff on a daily basis. And taking your underage kid to R-rated movies 
are starting to become normal. I remember when I saw John Wick 3 over the summer, a man brought his wife and his two kids to the movie. I'm pretty sure he knew what John Wick was going to be about. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take my kids to see this movie. I don't know if he, if he had to see. I don't know if he had to, you know, if he had to take. Like the wife said, hey, take me to the movies. You got to take the kids too. But either way, there was uh, there was kids in the movie when I saw John Wick. And, um, and what makes the Joker movie such a phenomenon, in my opinion? Well, first off, it's the Joker. To me, he's the greatest comic book villain of all time. And there's no debate about it. And also in the world of comic books... Uh, you know, in comic book movies, where they're all part of a shared universe, this film sh shies away from that formula by making this film strictly standalone, which I thought was cool, you know, and different at the time. But a brief spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, just skip ahead probably 30 to 45 seconds. So I'm going to give you about three seconds wait to go ahead and skip. Okay, so if you're listening to this, I assume you've seen the movie, but... The director, I read an article that the director confirmed that the Joker's quote-unquote love interest, Sophia, was not killed by the Joker. Because remember, we saw him sneak into her apartment and a few minutes later him walking out. So we assumed, oh, he probably killed her. But the uh, the director did confirm that she is still alive because the Joker said, because he said the Joker only kills people that have wronged him, like his co-worker and Murray Franklin. And now I'm going to pause for a couple more seconds for the people who probably skipped this section. Okay, we're back at it. What makes this movie such a phenomenon is that it's is the relevancy of some of the subject matter in the film, and it's part of the two biggest uh, themes I got of this film was mental health awareness and systematic oppression. And we're gonna start off with mental health. One of the biggest topic of discussions today, you know, it's always getting brought up in debate. Debate, uh, sadly, every time someone you know, does a mass shooting, the, you know, mental health that gets brought in is like, was mental health part of the equation or what, you know, uh, what made this person do this heinous act, but mental health, mental health, mental, man, I can't speak. Mental health is always a slippery slope to navigate through. Um, like, like how do we help someone deal with that issue? If we don't know how it feels like to have that said issue and the Joker quote, probably the quote that stuck the most, with me through the movie was the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't because the film takes place in 1981. So I assume mental illness was a taboo topic back then. You know, now it's not, a you know, now it's not, you know, it's not taboo. But I assume back in the day when someone had a mental illness, you're like, man, he's like, hey, don't speak to that person. They have, you know, said disease. And if you have that disease, like, hey, man, just act like you don't have it. But now there's tons of people dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other type of mental illness. And um, sometimes we treat those people differently. Another uh, theme in this movie that I got was systematic oppression. And uh, that's defined as the intentional disadvantaging of groups of people based on their identity, you know, such as gender, race, class, sexual orientation, language, etc., etc. And Joker did have classism tones in this movie. Uh, and, you know, part of the big one of them was, you know, there's two classes or financial classes in, in this film that's Gotham's elite and everybody else. Basically, if you're not rich in Gotham, hell, the hell with you, basically. And the, and the Joker did become a symbol of protest, you know, for protesters around the world. I saw an interesting article that protesters in Lebanon, they're painting their face, you know, the same as the Joker uh, while they protest. And in a way of this tongue of the Joker, he's kind of like the symbol of hope, uh, quote unquote to stand up against your oppressor and make change. So, after, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm not, I'm not, 
you know, encouraging you to, well, you know what? I need a raise. I'm going to speak to my boss about a raise and then paint your face as the Joker and, you know, go and stand up on their desk and ask for a raise. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I, I find it cool that, um, that a comic book movie, you know, strays away from the norms like we usually see. And we see this gripping story of a man's descent into darkness. Okay, let's end this episode on some college football picks. Last week was definitely my worst week. I was three and seven. The Auburn loss hurt me. The Notre Dame loss hurt me. The Oklahoma loss hurt me. And a few more upsets to happen that I was not expecting. So after 90 games picked, I am 60 and 30. We need into week 10. And we're going to start off week 10 by going to the Big Ten. We got Michigan ranked number 14th going against Maryland. Michigan coming off that big win against Notre Dame last week. They head to... To play the Turpin, I think the Terrapins, that's their name. Uh, Maryland, who I thought was going to be one of the surprises in the Big Ten. They started off in the first four games, averaging 56 points, but that slowly tri trickled down after a few losses. So I got Michigan winning that game, continuing their momentum. They're playing with a lot of swagger, which I thought they would have at the beginning of the season when I picked them to go to the college football playoffs. But, that's, but we're not going to talk about, talk about that. Next, we head to the Pac-12. We have... Number ninth ranked Utah going to Washington to play the Washington Huskies. Uh, Washington was, is on a down year under Chris Peterson and Jacob Eason, and Utah bounced back real good from that loss to USC back uh, in the beginning of the season. And is a dark horse to win, not a dark horse. They're one of the favorites to win the Pac-12 and possibly go to the playoffs if they could run the table. So I got Utah beating Washington. And next we're going to go to the ACC for one of the more premier rivalries in college football. We have Miami versus Florida State. Both having uh not living up to expectations of this year um after a couple a few close losses from each team us uh, but if I had to pick a winner I'll say Miami's gonna win this game staying in the ACC we're gonna go to Virginia Tech versus Notre Dame a uh, 16th ranked Notre Dame uh, coming off that loss against Michigan last week I think they're gonna bounce back and beat Virginia Tech down heading to the a the SEC we have Vanderbilt versus South Carolina I didn't know who to pick uh, I picked South Carolina because they played. They played a bigger, you know, they played Alabama close. They played Florida close. I thought they got cheated on a couple of uh, penal, uh, non-call penalties against Florida. And they beat Georgia a few weeks ago, too, as well. So I got South Carolina winning that game. Then I have, uh, going to the Pac-12 again, we had number 7th ranked Oregon versus USC. This game was tricky to pick. This originally was going to be my upset pick of the week because uh, over the past couple, you know, over the past few years, when a highly ranked, Oregon team played USC. USC beat that team. But I think this is a different year. Uh, Justin Herbert's playing outstanding, even though USC's playing really good as well. I have Oregon in a close game. I say by a touchdown or a field goal win over USC. Next, heading to the Big the Big Ten, we have uh, we have Nebraska versus Purdue. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm just picking. I'm just closing my eyes and picking this game. I pick Nebraska. No, 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 no stats behind it. I just think Nebraska is going to win. I haven't been following these teams this year, so I really don't know nothing about them. So I just got Nebraska winning that game. And next week, and next we got the game, uh, the premier game, because college, college football game is going to be, college football game day is going to be there. It's not Georgia and Florida. It's number 15 ranked SMU and versus number 24th ranked Memphis. I was, I was listening to a podcast earlier with a, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, and he was asked, like, hey, why college game day is going to, 
this game instead of the cocktail party game with Georgia and Florida. And he said that usually they don't like doing neutral side games. This is like a national championship or, the, you know, the beginning of the season um, where they go to the big neutral side game. Because he said, well, he, he said usually when they go to NFL stadium, it doesn't have that college atmosphere. Usually when they go to game day, they like to be at the, you know, at the campus. And they said if, if this game was at, you know, was at Gainesville or in Athens, they probably would have went because this is not in it's, it's a neutral site game. It doesn't have that college feel. You know, college game day is about, you know, them being on campus. You like seeing all the student crowds. You like seeing the big, you know, the big tall buildings on campus. So I was like, okay, that okay, okay, that sounds reasonable. Uh so they're probably gonna head to SMU versus Memphis. This game, uh the primetime game think at eight o'clock, uh with this one, I have Memphis winning because surprisingly, Memphis is the favorite in this game. Usually, we assume the higher ranked team is going to be um, is going to be the uh, the favorite, but Memphis is favorite in this game. Uh, this was kind of tough to pick because I probably I seen one Memphis game and one SMU game uh, this year, not its entirety, but just watching highlights. And uh, Memphis only has one loss, and SMU is undefeated. I think this is the best start they had since the 80s, but I'm going to pick Memphis in this game. Both do have offense. Both can score points. I think Memphis has the better defense. They can run the ball better, so they're going to control the clock, keep it SMU's high-powered offense off the field. So I got Memphis in a close one. And next, going to the premier game, the SEC, we have the thing's called the world's largest cocktail party. We got number eighth-ranked Georgia versus sixth-ranked Florida. This one was tough to pick also, but I'm going on a limb. I'm going to pick Florida to win this game. They are the underdog this week. I think Georgia's favored by six points. The reason why I'm picking Florida, my key to this game is the is to make Jake Fromm throw the ball. I read a stat. Uh, they said Jake Fromm. I don't know how many games this happened in, but basically Georgia is winless if Jake Fromm throws for if he throws from if he throws more than thirty times, they're uh, they lost all the games that 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 has happened in. So basically, make Fromm throw for you know thirty attempts or more, more than likely you're going to win the game. So that means you have to slow down DeAndre Swift in the backfield, have to tackle him behind the line, or make it uh, you know second and long and third and long because you know usually second and long and third and long those are more than likely going to be passing downs. And Georgia doesn't have the great receiving core they had in, within the past couple week past couple years. They don't have no Miko Hardman. He's with the Chiefs. They don't have um, Riley Ridley. I don't know what team he's on, but he's not in Georgia no more. And this and this receiving core is not as good as the one they had the past couple years. Uh, so, and Florida does have one of the best secondaries in the SEC. Overall, one of the best defenses in the SEC. Kyle Trask came in when when Felipe Franks came out, and he's playing really well. So, I got Florida. Like I said, in the close game against Georgia, I got a, like a possibly 28-24 type ball game. And now my upset pick of the week. My upset pick of the week, I have the UAB Blazers going down to Knoxville and beating the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, Tennessee is a, I think, a 10-point favorite. And ESPN, ESPN had them winning an 88, 88% chance of winning the game. But UAB is 6-1. and one. Uh, You know, you are what your record is. UAB is a very good a group of five team. And Tennessee has lost two uh, a group of five team in Georgia State and a team that's not even in the conference in BYU. But I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, but I do have the UAB going to Knoxville and upsetting the Tennessee Volunteers. Book it.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Like always, I greatly appreciate y'all taking time on your busy day to give this podcast a listen. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Tell your family, tell your friends about the podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Asian. And please have a blessed week. And see y'all next time.